everybody. Welcome to the Stepping Off Now podcast. I'm Kendra. Before I get into it, I would like to ask you a favor, and you probably know what it is because I've been prefacing all my episodes like this lately. If you like my podcast and you know anybody you think might like it or need to hear what I have to say, please tell them about me. Marketing is very challenging. This is true in a general sense and also specifically for me personally. And it's the one area where I continue to struggle and continue to feel that I'm just not getting it right. And that's okay. I think it's okay to have areas like that in life. And I don't expect that I will ever feel like I'm getting it right when it comes to marketing. So it really does help when you spread the word about my podcast. Also, if you're interested in supporting the show directly, you can check out the links in my show notes to my Patreon page. I have a Buy Me a Coffee page as well for one-time donations, and I very much appreciate the recent Buy Me a Coffee donations that I got. Thank you so much. And now on to the show. I've been talking a lot lately with listeners and friends that I've met on social media through my work and through my interest in their work. And a big topic of conversation amongst us is allowing for the darkness. In other words, allowing for the complexity of feelings about things and not shying away from the more challenging, quote, negative emotions that we have. I'm sure you all have heard the term toxic positivity. This is gaining some traction. And it's somewhat of a backlash against the positivity movements of the last decade. For example, body positivity. On the surface of it, body positivity sounds like a great idea. And certainly, I think the intentions behind the movement were good. But one of the problems, I mean, there are many problems with positivity movements, which is why they tend to splinter. So body positivity has splintered into body acceptance, um, fat activism, and all of these different branches. One of the problems with these positivity approaches is that you start to feel like you're not allowed to feel like shit sometimes, that it's not okay to feel bad about your body, and that you're doing it wrong if, if you slip up in quotes, and have a bad day towards yourself. Now, I'm. this is not an episode about body positivity or bodies or anything like that. I'm simply using it as an example because it's probably pretty well known in terms of a positivity movement that's out there. And you see a lot of the effects of it in, for example, advertising. The Dove commercials are an example where they use models of a wide variety of body types. And I figure that feelings about our bodies and negative feelings about them are pretty widespread, something that touch most of us, particularly women, but I know that men struggle with body image as well. And I certainly have struggled with it throughout my life. And one of the great things about getting older is that I have I guess you could say like a changing perspective on my body. And I'm more and more appreciative of the fact that it lets me do what I want to do in my life rather than focusing on its shape or its weight or all of these things. But I still have a lot of days where I look in the mirror and I'm just like, ugh, you know? And I think that's okay. I think there is nothing wrong with feeling that way. And 
acknowledging it and having complex feelings, basically, is what I'm getting at here. I have a lot of different feelings about my body. Some of them are outright contradictory and paradoxical, and they're all there, and they're all equally true in the sense of existing within my subjectivity and my experience of being in the world. And they all impact me on the day-to-day and how I am in the world. That's really what I want to talk about in this episode, is how I feel that we're often pressured to make decisions about how we feel about things, sort of akin to how we're pressured to have opinions. God forbid that anyone says, you know, I just don't have an opinion about that. It doesn't mean that you don't care. It doesn't mean that you're refusing to take sides. But we don't have to have opinions about everything, even important issues. That doesn't make us lesser people. And we don't have to have single, easily explicable feelings about things either. And some of us just don't ever. I'm an Enneagram 4. Enneagram 4s are known to equally embrace the dark and the light sides of the human emotional spectrum. That's why many of us are artists. And I think creative people in general, one of the reasons they're creative, and I don't know if this is a correlation or a causal relationship, but they tend to be more open to a wider spectrum of human experience and particularly emotions and feelings. Because in a sense, the creatives and artists are the translators of society when it comes to that kind of stuff, right? They're the meaning makers of what it is to be human. And so we need a familiarity with all of that stuff. But my experience throughout my life has always been to feel deeply confused about what I feel about anything. And I think that this confusion isn't native to myself. I think that it comes from the fact that we are pressured to clarify what we feel about stuff. I mean, this is built into everything in our society. For example, psychotherapy is based on this excavation of our histories, of our emotions, in order to figure out finally what it is we think and feel about things so that we can live healthy, normal lives, right? The way that we're socialized into seeking romantic relationships is very similar. We're supposed to have that moment of, ah, they're the one. Finally, I have I found love and I know what love is and it's this and now we get married and and happily ever after and all that. I don't know about you, but I've never had clarity around either of those things, either relationships, be they romantic or friendships or familial, or my own psychology, my own feelings and emotions in general. I've often thought the only thing I'm totally clear on in my life is that I love my pets, my dogs, especially I'm I'm a dog person more so than a cat person, although I have both and I love them all. But my feelings towards my my dogs, they seem very pure and simple and clear. But even that isn't the case. For example, recently, I got a new puppy. And puppyhood is a challenging time. And I have a lot of days where I question the decision to get a puppy where I feel like I don't love him or any of my other animals. I'm just kind of emotionally exhausted. I have days where I even have what I would characterize as kind of quasi-regrets. That is to say that I don't actually 
regret getting the puppy because I know it was the right decision and I trust myself, but I'll go through periods where I feel, you know, a lot of doubt about that decision and fears and anxieties and stuff like that. So even those emotions and feelings are deeply complex and not just one thing and vacillate. They're a full spectrum, really, within myself. And the reason I mention this is because I know a lot of people who have similar feelings about uh, parenthood. And I certainly would never compare having animals to being a parent of human children. But I do feel that it kind of gives me an inkling of just how challenging it would be to be a parent and have complex feelings about it. And I do know personally many, many people in my life, probably most of the people I know who are parents, have these types of very complex, full-spectrum emotions about it. And I think that's because I tend to attract and be attracted to complex people. But they feel a good deal of guilt and anxiety over these emotions, I think. And of course they would, because our society tells us that if we don't have certain feelings about things, that we're doing it wrong, plain and simple. If we don't feel a certain way, we're doing it wrong. If we don't feel totally in love with our partner, we're doing it wrong. Anyone in a long-term relationship knows that you go through many phases of many different types of emotions towards your partner, even possibly resentment and something that feels like dislike. (laughs) And this is just part of it. And I imagine it's the same being a parent. Can't know for sure, but I really do wish and hope that we can normalize talking about complex feelings and that it doesn't indicate any type of failure. It doesn't indicate that anything is wrong with you. In fact, it indicates that something's right with you and that you're a full spectrum type of feeler in the world. And you know, being the, that type of person myself, it's hard to imagine anyone being any different. I mean, I assume that there are people out there who have pretty straightforward, unchanging and simple feelings, maybe, you know, but but what I'm talking about isn't whether or not that type of person exists, but it's the pressure that our society puts on us to be that type of person, to be steady, to be unchanging, to have clarity to be able to demonstrate that clarity in various ways. For example, going back to romantic relationships, to demonstrate our clarity of feeling by seeking to maintain within that relationship rather than allowing it to fluctuate, evolve, be one way and then be another way, then maybe go back to the same way. For example, you have a period where you spending, you're spending a lot of time together, and then you have a period where you're kind of separating. You're spending time on your own. And in our culture, our immediate reaction to that is, oh my gosh, something's wrong. But personally, I have noticed that relationships fluctuate like this for me, where you go through a period where you're super close, and then you go through another period where you take some time, whatever that looks like. It doesn't mean necessarily separating it could just mean that you're you're going more internally for a little while and then and then you there's a re-engagement the problem with this perception we have that emotions need to be clarified that they should be clarified and that they should be relatively unchanging over time is that if that's the case then of course 
we're going to want those emotions to be positive ones, right? And and that's going to be the status quo that we're always seeking. So when we vary from that status quo, let, you can see it as like this this line and you're walking the line. And if you step off the line or you fall off the line, where you're always seeking to get back onto that line, right? The problem with that is that it elides the three-dimensionality <laughs> of emotions, of feelings, or should I say four-dimensionality? Let's, let's go with four dimensions for this. The oppressiveness of this kind of perspective, and it tends to coalesce around the idea of positivity, is such that we can often feel embarrassed, ashamed, and even fearful of talking about the more difficult emotions. First reason is because, of course, as I discussed, we feel like it means we're doing something wrong. Second reason is that we feel or we may be told that we're bringing other people down. And I think for anyone who struggles with mental health issues, as I do, this is a deep-rooted fear that we're too morose or too sad or too dark or too complicated, too much of a burden. We're just too much in this area, which is funny because I think you know, we can often feel like we're not enough, but then we all have areas where we probably worry that we're too much. And it can certainly be true that some people may react that way when we open up about our darker emotions. And notice I'm not calling them negative emotions. The reasons should be obvious. But I do like calling them darker emotions. This to me isn't a negative. I don't see darkness as a negative. So I want to be very clear on that, that that's not how I'm using the term dark or darker darkness. Really, what it refers to is the fact that these emotions are often in the darkness, metaphorically speaking, right? Because we like to hide them away from ourselves, or at least from other people. I mean, just the other day, I had an incident where I was just having one of those days, you know, I was not in a good brain space and <laughs> I was having these really intense emotions about a circumstance that I was involved with in my life. And rather than just say something, which I would never do, I simply left because I'm like, clearly something's wrong with me. I am freaking out. I am not a normal person. Nobody wants to hear this shit. You know, I just, I kind of almost like had a mini panic and I, and I left the situation, which I think is fine. I think that's a, a, if that's what you need to do, then, then do it. But part of the reason was that I'm like, nobody wants to hear this shit. Nobody wants to hear what's going on in my head. When in actuality, what was going on in my head was that the situation was not a great one for someone who's an HSP. You know, so that's a totally legitimate thing. It, it's it it's not that I'm crazy. It's not that I'm not normal or I'm freaking out or anything like that. It was just that the situation was not great for me at that moment as an HSP. And I'm still unsure as to whether I want to make a big deal out of this, right? Because it's like, why make this hard for other people? Why bring all of my complexities to the table and make other people deal with them? make them other people's responsibility. This is always the question, I think, when you're this type of person and when when you deal with complexities, particularly if you're an introverted type who doesn't really like a lot of attention on yourself to begin with. 
But the truth is, is that sometimes this stuff is raw. And we shouldn't be policing ourselves about the existence of complex and dark emotions, nor should we be over policing ourselves in terms of how we express them. For example, there definitely seems to be a big opening right now in our culture for talking about grief. People are accepting about talking about grief, and all the cool kids are doing it, basically. But what about resentment? So many of us feel resentment about various things. As an introvert, I feel resentment all the time against the dominant extrovert culture. What about anger? Anger seems to be one that women in particular simply aren't allowed. I often feel anger at the state of the world. I mean, who wouldn't? You know, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that I'm a feminist. And as I like to say, I'll say it straight out, sometimes I'm even an angry feminist. I can't imagine that anyone wouldn't be. I know plenty of men who are angry feminists as well, I should add. We're allowed to have these emotions. They're ours. They belong to us. They're part of us. We're sovereign over them. And the reason I feel comfortable saying this stuff out loud is because, one, I'm not going to be ashamed of any of my emotions. I try not to be ashamed about anything about myself. It's it's hard, sometimes a daily struggle, but that's what I, I strive for. And two, I may have anger, but I also have a lot of love. I also have a lot of compassion. For every issue that I have one feeling about, I have paradoxical feelings about it as well. So again, what I'm, I'm getting at here is that for me, and I expect for many people, you don't just have one feeling about things. You probably feel the whole spectrum of emotions about any given subject, depending on the day, depending on the angle that you're looking at it, depending on the particular issue area that you're thinking about. And I think that we should normalize this. I think it's a way of showing compassion to ourselves and to others in the world. It's a way of refraining from judgment, judgment of yourself, judgment of others, and allowing ourselves the spectrum of emotional responses, respecting our own feelings about things, regardless of what they are, having a curiosity about, about them, of course, a willingness to examine, a willingness to question, a willingness to understand that feelings are feelings and they're not facts. They're simply things we feel. We don't have to act on them. So for example, when I have an angry day, I don't go outside and burn down the world. Hasn't happened yet. Unlikely to happen because I can look at my emotions and be like, well, this is a difficult feeling. <laughs> I respect it. I think it's a valid feeling. Tomorrow, I'll probably feel something different. It's all real. It all matters. But these are not facts. They're not in incontrovertible facts, right? Feelings are not inexorable. They often can feel like they are and will be. But one of my favorite things to do is to sleep on a feeling because I know that my brain is going to do its work while I'm asleep and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and things are going to look different and that that's a blessing. <laughs> that's a good thing. That the changeability of feelings and the complexity of them is actually something to have a lot of relief around that we don't have to feel the same thing forever. So I hope that this discussion has helped you feel more accepting of those complex feelings and thoughts and emotions that you have. And I know that it can feel very challenging to put that stuff out into the world because you think that nobody wants to hear it. 
But every time that I talk about something like this, I get an email from someone thanking me for not sugarcoating everything, not trying to always take the positive perspective. And, And I don't do any of this by design. You know, like sometimes I am feeling very positive and that's what comes out. And sometimes I'm feeling like more in a darker mood and that's what comes out. None of this is strategic on my part. It's all what I happen to be thinking and feeling in the moment. And I share that. And really, a major reason I do that is because life is just so much more pleasant when you accept where you are in the moment and you're able to respect yourself and validate yourself and be gentle with yourself and to not feel ashamed about it. For every person out there who thinks you're too much or you're not enough, whatever it is, there's another person who is really going to get it, is really going to resonate. But the thing is, is that if you were to go through the world only projecting positivity, never letting yourself be your full self, either inside or in the way that you are in the world, that same exact ratio would probably still apply and you would be attracting the wrong type of people. So you you would be attracting to yourself all of the other people who are faking it for the outside world and maybe not being completely honest with themselves either. And a lot of times I think that's what positivity movements at their mo- most toxic because I, I don't think that they're only toxic or only good, obviously. I think that they're complex in and of themselves. But I think at their most toxic, that's what they are, is a bunch of people kind of patting each other's backs for performing a certain type of thought process and feeling for each other so that they can all feel like they're doing it right. And okay, so fine. Like, presumably, that works for some people. But that's never something that's worked for me. And if it isn't something that works for you, I want to show you that there's a different option and that there are people who are speaking out about complex truths and feelings and thoughts and that we don't have to be ashamed of these things and we don't have to fear what other people think, even though we probably still will, right? (laughs) But truly, if we are secure in ourselves... And we have that essential dignity about ourselves, that we treat ourselves as full and valid human beings, and everything that, that that is contained in that within ourselves. That gives us a lot of strength when we interface with the world. And people who have a problem with that, what they're really doing is giving you information about themselves. They're showing you that they do not have that within themselves, that they're lacking that. And understanding that can help a lot when you're seeking to step out authentically into the world. So let's not be afraid of who we are. Let's not be afraid of the complexity of who we are, of the full spectrum of emotions that we may feel or cycle through in any given day. Let's be gentle with ourselves. And then let's be even more gentle. I'm sending love and support out to all of you. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you next Friday. 